Hello and welcome to the Track Talk podcast. We are back after a little while off. We didn't talk about the Japanese Grand Prix and I'm back with a man who I'm pretty sure has just been on a three week long party. Jay, how are you to celebrate uh, Nick DeFries's F1 drive, of course? Mate, I, I don't think there's many emotions that will top how I felt on the Saturday in Suzuka. Honestly, I think it was probably better than my wedding day. Could be better than any birthday I'm going to have. Uh, what, what else can you celebrate, Dan? Better than a 50th birthday. I was unaware you'd had a wedding day. <laughs> I haven't had one yet, but I know that this right. my wedding day will never top that first, Saturday. First child, is that topping it? <laughs> Unless they become a Formula One driver, which I guess <laughs> I will not know when they are born. But yeah. um, nowadays, I can say when I have my first child, Project Nick DeVry has begun. Project Nick. Project Nick, that's what it's now going to be known as. Project right. NDV. I am absolutely buzzing. Justice has been served. And if anything, him waiting a bit longer, maybe bagged him a better car because he was probably in for a shot with that Williams seat regardless of what if he replaced Albon in Monza. But he's replaced Albon, done a stellar performance, proven to the people that he knows what he's doing, that he's more than capable of being in Formula 1. And now look at him. He secured a drive with Alfa Tauri, who, to be fair, have been struggling this year, but they are a midfield team where Williams are a bit of a back marker. So it's all kind of worked out really well for Nick DeVry. And it shows that, you know, if just because you're not sort of in the Formula One circle, there's a lot of talent outside of it. And, you know, I'm sure we'll go into it soon with all the FP1 drivers and um, a couple of faces from IndyCar who made, a, made an appearance. But, you know, there is talent out there F1 team maybe just need to open up their eyes a bit and open up their pools and then we'll have the best drivers in the best cars in the world. You've just completely stolen my line that I was going to link to FP1 for. Oh, but that's right. fine. You can take it. Don't worry. Anyway, like. speaking of drivers that are just outside the F1 pool, FP1 happened. I'm saying it anyway. And there were loads of them uh, that aren't normally in F1. We'll start with Antonio Giovinazzi. Ah, well, it was an ideal. It's really strange has to put him in because obviously they've only put him in because they're looking at putting him in the car for next year because he doesn't fulfill the rookie criteria yeah. to be able to, you know, tick off that box that team have to tick off this year. So I guess this was a chance for him to impress Gunter Steiner and he blew it, didn't he, really? Mm. Put it in mm. the barriers. Um, so I'm pretty sure that rules him out of uh, contention for next season. It's not. It's not a great. It's like if you sort of, you know, go on a job interview to be a waiter and just crash into everything and drop everything on your way to the interview. You're not going to get it, are you? Yeah. Do you know what, Dan? That's actually a really good comparison. I'm not speaking from experience. I've never been a waiter <laughs> in my life. <laughs> been been many things, but a waiter is not one of them. Um, anyway, Logan Sargent. He was confirmed to be at Williams next season as long as he meets the super license criteria. Even all right, FP1. Yeah, um, I think that's as much commercial as it is sporting. You know, an American driver, three races on the grid next, three races on the grid, three races in America next year. Um, yeah, uh, I guess they probably would have wanted the very, I feel like, I mean, please, you know, bite in here, don't think I'm being silly, but I feel like Williams did kind of drop the ball a bit with the with the very, they could have probably snapped him up straight after Monza, you know, he proved himself more than capable in that car. And sort of dilly-dallying for so long, you know, he had an Alpine test and now Red Bull snapped up with Alpha Tauri. So, I don't know, I feel like if I was Williams, I'd be, you know, questioning my own sort of decisions because 
They've let a very good driver slip through the ranks. I'm not biased. And I'm you know, Sargent's haven't haven't you know, he's a he's a he's a very competent driver. Um was he P two currently or P three in F two? Yeah, maybe um, I'm not sure. And I, I think he needs to finish in the top six to get super license points. Uh and yeah. there is I believe one race to go. Top, top six if he does a certain amount of laps in an F P one session, or top five if he doesn't. I think, but I'm not sure of the exact numbers around that. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I, th- I think he will, you know... Yeah, yeah, it'll take a disaster. Get the requirements. Um, and if not, they'll just chuck him into a win series in like Asia or something like that. He'll get the required points. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how he does against um, against Albon next year. I think, you know, that's going to be a, a deal breaker for Albon because, you know, he's beat Latifi quite comprehensively. But yeah. then... I think you could beat Latifi comprehensively. So, um, you. you know, you can't look too too deeply into that one. So, you know, if Albon is going to, I guess, mould this William teams around him and he's going to be the man who drives them back towards the midfield, then he needs to beat, you know, a uh, young American hotshot in the shape of Logan Sargent. I remember saying a few episodes ago that William, we were saying like who we think is going to drive for each team. I remember saying it could be De Vries, it could be Schumacher, but I have a feeling they're going to fumble them both and go with Sargent. And it just does feel like a fumble. Like, he's not particularly popular. There's a lot of people that hate Sargent yeah. for various political reasons. I've seen that this. I don't know if we should go into. But I don't know how good of a move it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, things that I feel like there isn't that much. There's no sort of obvious candidates to graduate from Formula 2. You know, I guess you've got Drogovic, who won, uh, who won uh, it. Yeah, he's the obvious. And... I guess using my sort of logic with Nick Devry that he should get a shot, I've always said. Maybe he should get a shot. Um, he's a tail poor share. Yeah. He, he, he's not bad. He, he could be given a go. But there's no sort of like standout. I remember when Russell won uh, a few years yeah. ago. And it was like, well, okay, George Russell is going to go into Formula 1. Like Even Lando came second. It was like, Lando's going to go into Formula 1. When Charles won, Charles is going to graduate into Formula 1. I feel like there's no standout options. And, you know, this whole sort of silly season, there's been... Rumours from a load of people who weren't in Formula 2. You've had Hulkenberg. We just spoke about Giovinazzi. We've spoke about Nick DeVry. And even when we spoke about IndyCar drivers like Colton Herter mm. and like uh, Pato, Pato Award. So, yeah, it's been a really weird, silly season. And there's no, like I said, obvious graduate in Formula 1. So, I guess like, you are right. Williams maybe have found Border Bag because I personally think there's better talent out there. I guess, you know, Sargent does have youth on his side and he does have the fact that he is American. But, I feel like, yeah, they probably would have rather a Nick DeVry in that car. If Sargent had gone to Haas, I would have understood it a lot more because of the American link. But mm. for a driver that isn't that, like with Russell, Lando, Albon, they all came into F1 with quite a solid fan base. I, Sargent has a fan base, but he's also quite hated by a lot of people. So I don't know. Then the other thing I wanted to mention on the Dragovic point. Obviously, he wasn't linked with an F1 team anyway, but a lot of drivers that win F2, nearly all of them, they've been spotted for a while. Like People are following them through F4, F3, whatever else. Whereas Drogovic just, just kind of come out of nowhere to win this season. Like Before the season, if you say who's going to win, I very, very few people, unless you're Brazilian or Mr. Drogovic, would have said Felipe. Mm, so mm. I don't think that's helped him. He's almost been too under the radar, and he has no F1 team linked with him. Well, he does now. He signed with Aston. But you know when you sort of watch uh, Formula Two highlights and all that, and there's always just like a there's names that just stick in your head. Like they're not particularly. I, I don't want to use Charlotte's word here. They're not particularly relevant, but um, 
you know, they kind of just like P8, P9 and like, you know, you hear Alex Jakes go, oh, you know, Drogovic or, yeah. or the Ruvla or give me some more Fittipaldi or something like that. You know, yeah. just drivers who are probably very solid, but maybe not quite Formula One calibre. Mm. Um, I feel like maybe that's where he fits into. But I think he should be given a shot. I don't know if he's going to be doing any FP1 sessions this year. I think Aston Martin has still got to do one. So maybe he'll get a chance. I mean, I was good to baffled. see. I was so confused when he signed with Aston Martin because, I mean, neither driver's going anywhere. Like, Alonso's just signed a long-term contract. Lance Stroll is certainly not becoming freelance Stroll anytime soon because his dad works with the team. Um, so, you know, Wait, please, please tell me that's original, Dan. Please tell me you didn't nick that from somewhere because that is so good. I nicked it from my housemate, but I'm taking it. Oh, fair play, fair play. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, he said it the other night, and I, just, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Um, but yeah, he's not getting in. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing maybe he's thinking is that Alonso's what forty-two, something like that. Maybe he's thinking there. And really and truly, where on the grid is there an obvious route into Formula One? What team, um, realistically? I would say Haas will have a seat. In a couple of years. Haas, yeah, Haas. I would say that AlphaTauri always have seats. It's a safe bet. Yeah, but would, I mean, I know they did, they did just put Nick DeVrien, who's not a Red Bull driver, but would they put in a... Would they put in Drogovic over Daruvla? If he signs or... with the Red Bull programme, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Like, Daruvla so. is nowhere near a level that should be an F, in an F1 seat, I don't personally think. He's had many years in F2 and he hasn't proven it. I don't know, here's a really weird thought then. It just came to me as he was talking. Where's Roy Nassani? I haven't uh, seen that guy in ages. Is he still in Formula he's 2? He's in F2, yeah. He's, he's still with Williams, I think, but only because he's loaded. Um, yeah. yeah. He's still potting around F2. I don't know where exactly he is. But... I remember I used to always see this guy in like random FP1 sessions last year. I haven't seen him since. Yeah. It's like he's just vanished off the face of the earth. <laughs> no, he's still. I'm pretty sure he's still driving in F2 anyway. Uh, hang on, give me a minute. He is a whopping 18th in the F2 standings. Oh, wow. With 18 points all year. Who's so, behind uh, him? Who's behind him? Um, I've lost him. Hang on. Yeah, Mer- so Mer- Murray? Mer- I don't even know who that is. Uh, Cordial, Caldwell, Sato, Williams. And then everyone else that's behind him hasn't scored a point. Sato and Caldwell. Oli Caldwell. Ah, good to see yeah. he's in Formula 2. Um, yeah. Just a really random thought just came to me. But yeah, like I said, I don't think there's any obvious graduates, so no. I guess Williams kind of to settle for Sergeant. I'm sure they would have had someone better. But um I guess that's the game, you got to move quickly. Indeed. Uh who else do we need to talk about? Paul Chair drove for Alpha. I think he'll drive for Alpha when Bottas leaves, to be honest. I think he's only what, eighteen? He's something yeah. stupidly young. He's, a, he's he's been on for so long, Paul Chair, <laughs> but he's still stupidly I know. young. Scary. Sort of Verstappen esque. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stroll's only 23 I realised no the way. other day I'm sure I saw a stat Lance that he was Stroll only 23 is a year older than me I'm doubting myself now but he has been around for years Lance Stroll he's 23 no way he's very nearly 24 29th of October it's his birthday in a few days okay. but and 23 do you know what's really sad right next year for the first time there'll be someone younger than me in Formula 1 with Piastri because oh. Sonoda's three months older than me so I've been like clinging on to that but now Piastro's come through I feel like a failure I haven't got that yet 
I feel like a couple of years maybe. When a Spur, when there's a Spurs player younger than me, it makes me feel really weird. An F1 driver is going to be even stranger. Yeah, and it seems like nowadays F1 drivers are getting younger and younger when they yeah. enter the sport. I mean, they are staying as well for longer and longer. Yeah, yeah. I love Vettel, Alonso, Hamilton, Raikkonen. Um, but yeah, it's honestly it's a terrible feeling. I don't even want this year to come around. I don't want to see Piastri on the grid. Bring back Ricardo. Jesus, yeah. Wait, you don't want to see Piastri on the grid? Oh, only because that he's younger than me. Oh, I, mean, I see. Okay. I, yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. issue Sorry, with with, with him being, uh, you know, like talent wise. I just don't want to see someone younger than me on the grid because then I feel like, mate, those all those times I was going go kart when I was younger, but more effort in, <laughs> grinded it out. Got man. talent spotted. Yeah. Oh well. Do you um, know what it is? I had a knee injury then, so that's why. Oh, you know, devastating. Yeah. Um, Alex Paolo and Robert Schwartzman drove for McLaren and Ferrari, respectively. I feel like Schwartzman's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth recently. I think he well, was second in F2 and then just kind of went poof. Yeah, I think he, he lost his chance when he bottled the Formula 2 championship when Schumacher won it well, a couple of years ago because he was yeah. winning. Uh, he's the head of Eilat and Schumacher and Sonoda and Mazepin, remember him. Um, and then he kind of just came behind all of them I think mm. so um, yeah I, can I, I can't really see him getting into Formula 1 no no neither can I to be honest uh, anyway right we'll move on to qualifying a um, couple of shock eliminations in Q1 Nicholas Lit- no I'm joking um, Ocon <laughs> and Ricardo. Um, uh, Ricardo. I think Ricardo's yeah, he's yeah. but Ocon's a shock Ocon's a shock um, he's been really good this season so it was he quite has. surprising Especially because Alonso qualified so well as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, a strange one there from Esteban. Esteban. Um, Q2, nothing too surprising. Albon went to Q2. That's Albon, pretty cool. He got into Q2. Nearly got out of Q2. He Wasn't was he P11? 400ths, yeah. Mate, that just shows that there's actually potential in that Williams car. Mm. Just a certain Canadian man in the other one. Um, yeah. Grand Yu got knocked out. Um, bit of controversy surrounding track limits. I don't know if you've seen that image of Joe and Max. There is yeah. a side-by-side image which is completely wrong because it takes the Joe clip from the wrong frame. Joe's actually miles over the line. Um, but there's a clip going around where he's sort of just over it. But if you scroll that video on, he's miles over. So that's fine. He is off that, off track. But Max does look a little bit off in his Q1 lap. He, he is off. Um, my thing is I see a lot of people on Twitter saying oh you know he should be knocked out in Q1 for this he should be starting at the back of the grid obviously you know Max is now quite a controversial figure now he's become fairly successful in Formula 1 so he's amassed his fair share of haters on social media yeah. as I guess all successful sport people do but um, you know if the FAA don't call it at the time cause I think he done the lap sort of quite early on in Q1 and then just stayed in the pits for the rest of the session if they said your lap time's deleted, Max, they would just refuel him and go again. Yeah. You know, you'd easily get out of Q1. Um, obviously, it's the FAA's fault for not calling it at the time, but, you know, I don't think you can go, oh, you know, you should punish him by sitting back of the grid because it's a very unfair punishment to do that. No, you can't punish someone for something that you could have spotted at the time but didn't. Yeah. I mean, anyone? Later in the weekend, mm. uh, I don't get how they didn't actually spot that. To be fair, uh, we'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Bottas finally got back into Q3, uh, and then came stone dead last in Q3. But it's fine; he got into Q3. Um, Alonso ninth, Lando eighth, Lance Stroll popped up P7, one lap in Q3. Fair play. What a guy! He didn't. He had a really good weekend until something happened. Yeah, until he uh, did a whoops. 
Uh, Russell, Lewis, Perez, Max, Charles, Carlos, and then there are a few grid penalties, blah, blah, blah. Well done, Carlos, though. Pole position for the second time this year. Um, yeah. You know, beat Leclerc, which is no yeah, easy task. No. Beat, beat out Max as well. Um, you know what? I, I won't say it too much because it's a completely different story on Sunday. But um, yeah, well done, Carlos, for Saturday. Right, let's go through driver by driver, team by team. Let's start with Williams. Let's start with Latifi. He was last. Where was he? I didn't even see him. Um, but he had a spin really early, and then he had a pit stop, and then he just kind of trampled oh, around didn't having he, a Nutella he, um, sandwich, probably. I saw. Didn't he push? Was it Shirak off the track? He just. Oh, yeah, just he got a penalty for that as whacked well. Whacked him. Well, didn't whack him, but he just, he yeah. just, did, he just refused to stop. Yeah. Well, refused to break, and he just didn't let him turn <laughs> This in. is the Honestly, line I'm taking, whether you like it or not. Do you know what? It, it gave me real um, Abbey Abbey vibes, because you had Verstappen huh. hunting down Hamilton, and then Schumacher and Latifi just having a bit of a, a yeah. relevant battle over like 14 or something like that. Yeah, I'm um, that. And then like you know they're going into a tight sort of you know long straight into a, a tight corner. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a bit heavy vibes. But Latifi, he was nowhere all weekend. No. He's been nowhere since he joined Formula One. So there you go. Well, let's not be too harsh. I mean, um, he's got a point, didn't he, in Japan? So fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, <gasps> I didn't get to talk about that. Latifi scored points. This is unbelievable yeah. stuff. What a driver. Are there any seats left on the grid for next year? I'm, I think because I'm, I of the stupid like ruling thing from Japan and how they get full points, he's actually level with Devry now, so I can't even hold on to that. But um, is, he, you know, he's, is he not still behind Devry? I thought he, he came down, so that's two, no? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I think did you know think... Lance Stroll's surname isn't even Stroll? Uh, no. It's Lance Jolonovic. I can see why he shortens it. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, Stroll's quite an unfortunate name for a Formula 1 driver, I always think. Yeah, but, um... well, it's pretty fitting, normally. Not this weekend. <laughs> oh, Dan. Lance's uh, abrupt turn would be more appropriate, yeah. I think, for this weekend. Um, anyway, where was I? Albon didn't really do a lot throughout the race. Qualified well, he, he's on the points for a fair bit. I think you know that Williams just hasn't got the sort of race pace. Um, no. I think he was like battling like P10. I remember him battling with uh, Vettel. Vettel pulled off a disgustingly good overtake on him. Do you remember? Um, do you know the sort of the long corner turn 18? Oh yes, I do. Mate, yeah, and he yeah, went round yeah, the outside. That. that was filthy. Filthy. That should be. Oh my goodness! Hang it in the it. Louvre. Hang it in the Louvre. That was beautiful. But yeah, no, Albon, I mean, he's just quite better than Latifi. Uh, he probably could have scored points if some things went his way, but, you know, he's in a slow car, so fair play, AA. What can like you a do? battery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what an analogy. Um, that's why people listen to this show. Um, Haas, let's talk about Haas. Schumacher was 14th. Magnussen was 8th. Well done, K-Mag. Was he 8th when he crossed the line? That's post penalties, isn't it? Yeah, post the Alonso penalty, I believe. Yeah. Um, um and he's well, still P P nine. Yeah, it's it's not bad. You know, pretty decent to be fair. And um, you know, home race. Yeah, has... I, don't, I don't think Mick's. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think they'll keep Mick for next year, but he does need mm -hmm. a very good round in Mexico. I reckon I'm gonna. Disagree. I'm going to say Nico Hulkenberg is there next year. 
Can you imagine Nico Hulkenberg and K Mag, the sworn enemies? Yeah, that's like Gasly and um, Ocon. Ocon, though. yeah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Really weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll be good to see You're Hulkenberg back. You know, he's a very competent driver. No, I, 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 and I think has to look at it from like a logistical point of view and financial point of view. Is Hulkenberg going to crash as much as Schumacher does? That, this is the thing. I don't think it's Schumacher's lack of pace that's going to kick him out of seat. It's the amount he costs the team. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. A team like Haas, who haven't got the luxury of endless dollar signs. Yeah. You know, they're going to need someone who's going to keep it out the walls. Nice tribute from Haas this weekend, by the way. Um, one of their team members, Harvey Cook, I believe his name was, um, that passed away during the race weekend. Uh, after an illness, and they just had some nice tributes to him. His name was on the car and stuff, so that was nice. Uh, who should we do next? Let's do Aston. Yeah, um, Aston. Lance Stroll didn't finish. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, Seb was P7 in the end. That's a very good result. And it could have been even more, to be fair, because they botched his pit stop, didn't they? Oh, they did, yeah. Because he, he could have. He was winning. He was, uh, leading he was the leading, race at one yeah. Point. He yeah. could have probably came. Oh, Maybe P six behind the Maybe, yeah. uh, the Mercs, the red or the yeah, the two Mercs, the one Ferrari and both Red Bulls. Because he was having a blinding race, wasn't it? It was like the battle of old. He was yeah, um, he was doing really well. And then Bosch did pit stop, and then he done so well to get back up into what did you what did he say it was P seven? P seven. Oh, you know, I mean, obviously minus that Alonso penalty we're going to, but um, he done mm. so so well to get back up there. He, that, like I said, that move on Albon earlier was amazing. Um, so yeah. such good pace in the race as well. Such mm. good pace. I think, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to stroll, but Aston Martin probably run for a really good haul of points this weekend. They've really turned it around. Sort of yeah, they, summer break. they have. I don't know how they've done it, but they have. They've got a new floor, I'm sure. Uh, Someone smarter than me, say. So. Maybe. Um, and Lance Stroll didn't finish the race. He was having a good race, to be fair. Um, really until he came across Alonso. Well, Alonso came across him on the straight. It's caused a bit of debate. I would say that it's very much Lance's fault. Yeah, he moved too late. He moved too late. Yeah, I mean, it was just—it was a bit stupid. Like you can't move that late when mm. Alonso is charging behind you, clearly going much quicker. And it's um, it's really dangerous as well. That could have been a much much worse tr- uh, crash. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it gave me—I think they said in commentary, Crofty and Brundle—that it was sort of Weber, Kovalainen esque. Dan, I don't know if you're too young for that, but um. Do you no, that I, know, one? I know who. Co- yeah, I wasn't born like a year ago. No, but that, but that was what, like 2011? What was you like? Yeah, I was alive in 2011. Was you like seven then? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, some of that. I mean, what <laughs> seven year olds can remember that? I can't do the math. No, but, you know, I've done a bit of old research on the history yeah. of F1. But, like, you know, just sort of when you have a car hit at the back of another car whilst they're going for a move. You know, it always leads to a plane crash, and I guess it was sort of fortunate that Alonso came down pretty quickly, and he'd landed on his wheels, so he could, you know, somewhat still manipulate the car rather than landing on like Joe did at Silverstone, landing on his roof, and he's just a complete passenger. So no, very fortunate that it didn't turn out so nasty. But um, did you say 2007, the year you were talking about? 2011, I think it was. 2011. I'm just trying to 12, do the math maybe. how old I am. How old I was? I was. Well, what year was he born? I'm so bad at maths on the spot. There you go. Well, I was, I was eight. I was eight. I was eight. Two thousand three. There we go. Bloody I was eight. That's it. That's it. Way too that's long. That's it. Way too long. Look, honestly, I, I went for a whole lunch stroll uh, conversation. Whilst he was <laughs> trying to work out what 
11 no, I, was minus a, I was actually just giving you time months. to finish your conversation. I knew you had to stroll along. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's your thoughts on Lance Stroll then? What, in general? Well, uh, <laughs> ideally, ideally from the weekend. but um... Um, He had a really good weekend until he decided to cut Alonso off, which I think the incident was his fault. I don't think he can complain. Um, he was asked in the media pen if he'd spoken to Alonso, and Alonso was still driving, so I don't really know why he got asked that. Um, <laughs> but... He, he looked guilty, didn't he, as well, when he got, yeah, he I think knew. he got interviewed yeah. by, it might have been Laurent Barreto afterwards, our friend Laurent, and um, yeah. he, yeah, he, he looked quite glum, it sort of, he, he didn't say it was his fault, but, you know, the vibe I got was that he was taking responsibility for it. It's the second weekend in a row that I think we've got very, very lucky after a crash, in the sense that Sainz crashed and very nearly rolled straight back onto the racing line when cars, mm. when cars were flying past last weekend, or two weeks ago. Stroll very, very nearly rolled back onto the racing line when cars were flying past. And that's going to be yeah. a bad accident when it's not if, it's when. That happens yeah. one day. Um, yeah. I mean, it's fair. All the really, drivers really behind did do really well, didn't they, to, yeah, to yeah. stay out of that, because, like you said, that could have been really bad. Sometimes uh, there's no avoiding reflexes. it, though. Yeah, exactly. No, um, and there's not even much you can really do to sort of stop that kind of accident. I mean, no. like unless you put the barriers ridiculously wide from the edge of the circuit, but then that's just not really logistically feasible. So, uh, I mean, I guess you know, Formula One's a dangerous sport, and it always will be, no matter what kind of changes we make to to the regulations or what kind of safety uh, technological developments you know people are able to think up. There will always be that hint of danger. But thankfully, yesterday. You know, everyone was okay. Indeed. All right. Alpha Tauri, Gasly, P13, Yuki, quietly decent weekend in P9. I feel like Gasly's so done with that team. He just seems to get frustrated Maybe. at them every weekend. I think he I just mean, wants out now. They did screw him a bit. They did. Well, actually, no, because no, he, he screwed himself. Oh, he, he, got, he got a very harsh penalty. I think that, that, that 10 car gap thing. You know, Perez does it in um, Singapore, nothing. Gasly does it in America. And also, Perez was to the safety car. Gasly, like, he was behind someone going quite slowly. Oh, yeah, they, I think that they was a really it off. penalty. And, I mean, like, I get why it's in place, but I feel like there's been a bit more leeway with it. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, then Alcatari screwed in because he served the penalty, but he didn't quite serve the penalty, so he had to serve the penalty again. Um, he probably could have scored, you know, fairly decent points. He probably would have been in and around where sort of Vettel was in the end. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's done, mate. He was cursing and very angry. He he knows he's leaving. So he yeah, can he, wants he wants to go. Without getting in trouble. He wants to go. Um, speaking of him moving to Alpine, let's talk about Alpine. We had Alonso who <laughs> had that crash with Stroll and somehow kept going. He was airborne. He was doing a wheelie. He was in the barrier, and he still finished the race in seventh, eighth. He, he, before he eventually in, dropping in seventh, down. Yeah. Um, you know, Alonso, in my opinion, he's still one of the one of the best drivers on the grid. Yeah, even I if agree. he's a, a granddad now. You know, he's obviously he's got experience on his side, but he's still got that that raw talent, that raw pace, and I guess combined with his determination and his desire to never give up, it makes him such an exciting driver to watch. You know, mm. this, the thing about Alonso, he is like a he, he's a villain, isn't he? He's a villain, but he's a very lovable villain. He's like Bowser from yeah. Mario. You know. <laughs> Like you, like you've kind of like you kind of like a soft spot for him, even though he's a bad guy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, to be fair, the penalty was really unfortunate because it wasn't his fault. The crash wasn't his fault. Um, him not retiring wasn't his fault. You know, he drove a broken car. Uh, what to back to the points after yeah. the crash of Stroll? Yeah, I don't get that penalty at all as well. I mean, 
if he'd got a black and orange flag, he couldn't have complained. His car was broken. But you can't not give him a black and, or- a bl- a black? A black and orange flag and then say after the race, you should have had one. I know we didn't give it to you, but you should have come in anyway. How's he meant to know? I mean, it's the sort of similar logic we were saying about uh, Verstappen and qualifying, you know. If they don't take it at the time, yeah. they can't retrospectively yeah. go back, you know, like a, a few hours later and go, oh, you know, you know you, you've done this, so we're going to punish you now. Because, you know, you receiving the, pen- the penalty at a certain time, it affects what you do next. Yeah. You know, it's, Completely. Yeah, that was really badly explained by me. But um, you know I know, what I, mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, we spoke about it recently, but like five second penalties applied after the race. Yeah, it just changes everything. During the race. It changes the dynamic. You know, it, it needs to be done as quickly as possible. These things. So I think, like, well, obviously the Gasly one, it's just really harsh for no reason. I think Haas had a point. Like, I think yeah. you know that they they've obviously protested it because they're like, hang on a second, we've been made to stop recently. I think that's fair. Um, but then there was a whole load of drama about did they lodge the protest 24 minutes too late? And you know, it's all a bit uh, messy, really, in F1 at the moment, to be honest. The FIA need to get their act together. Yeah, they do. Um, McLaren? Oh, I haven't spoken about Alfa Romeo yet. I'll speak about Alfa Romeo. Um, Joe Guanyu was 11th, unlucky, just missed out on the points. Valtteri Bottas was having a very good weekend, actually. The car looked quite strong. And then he just spun and ended up in the gravel, which is very uncharacteristic. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, I don't know how he done that. Did he just lose the back end? He just, yeah, I think he just got a gust of wind and went round and got beached. Um, yeah, really rare though, because as much as he's not the quickest on outright pace, he is very solid. Yeah, but doesn't really make too many mistakes, does he? I think the last no. mistake he made was, oh, maybe bowling in Hungary last year. Bowling in Hungary, yeah. Yeah, probably. That's the the, the last, last sort of major like, mistake. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just really weird. I remember when it when because I think Crofton said, "Oh, he spun," mm. and then the, the the little yellow flag thing was up for ages. Yeah, and then, <laughs> he's just going round and round and round and round. What's he doing? Like, can he, a banana uh, peel. Cuts him in the uh, in the gravel when that was his race done. But you know, it's a shame because he might have been able to score points, especially if Joe was you know P eleven. Mm. Never mind. Um, Wait, sorry, qu- quick one. Go on. Alfa Romeo, they scored, is it like one point since Canada? Something stupid like that I saw the other day? Yep. They have fell right off, haven't they? Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah, it hurts. Um, Alright, let's do McLaren. Lando was sixth. I don't think he had any major dramas in the race. Yeah, Ricardo was good. 16th. Um, And it just looked so unhappy when he got out of the car. I really feel for him now because as much as he has been poor and it is down to him as the driver, there's clearly something not right there. Do you think? I mean, obviously that car is probably, you know, moulded around Lambert. But at the same time, that red ball is probably moulded around Verstappen. Perez Mm. can still get decent results out of it. And, you know, it's sort of similar with Albert and Gasly. Even though it's Verstappen's car, they couldn't, you know, maximise the potential for them. Yeah. So they got sacked. Uh, do you know what? I, I, I really struggle to sort of... Like, I feel I feel bad for him. Mm. But at the same time, it's very obvious to see why McLaren has sacked him. I'm kind of running out of excuses for the guy. Yeah, like, I'm sure if Charlotte was here, she would be finding loads. But she's not. Um, and I've run out. I mean, Charlotte, she... She couldn't defend him anymore. You know, you can't defend that. Yeah, 16 yeah, yeah. 6, 10 places. 
It is pretty indefensible. With no, with no sort of, you know, other outside interference. Just pure pace. Come on, man. Yeah, well, hopefully things improve soon. For Ricardo, say more than anything else, because he shouldn't be where he is, let's be real. Right, let's move on to Ferrari. Um, Carlos Sainz will come back to when we talk about Mercedes, but he retired at the first corner. Um, and Charles Leclerc, I think third was probably the, the best he could do. He got lucky with a safety car, obviously started down the grid because of an engine penalty. It's an alright weekend, you know, they lost the Constructors' Championship, but that was always going to happen, really. Uh, you know, I was quite impressed with Charles. Um, I think he held Verstappen back for fairly long when he was quite in front of him due yeah. to the botch pit stop by Red Bull. Um, yeah, I thought it was a quietly good weekend for him, honestly. Um, P12 to P3, solid. I mean, obviously, weapon to his teammate was pretty unfortunate, we'll go into, but yeah, he done well. Pretty, like you said, done best he could with, with what he had. Yeah, he beat, beat Russell and me. Perez, didn't he? Did, 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 you know. He did. He did. Um, right, we'll move on to Merck and we'll move on to Russell more specifically. Um, he finished fifth in the end. And you said you said this the other week that he's not really taking mm. responsibility for his own stuff. His wheel-to-wheel racecraft in recent weeks has been shocking. There's been several errors yeah. this season that have been completely his fault that he hasn't that he hasn't taken blame for. I think a lot of people are saying the Joe one in Silverstone, which I think it's harsh to pin entirely on Russell. But he does just like drift his car all the time in wheel to wheel, and then just kind of go. It was him. It was him. It wasn't me. Yeah, maybe th- there's a bit of what's the word I'm looking for then? Naivety. Of, I was going to say complacency. I don't know. Yeah, maybe complacency because you know, I guess he's been in the back of the grid for so long. But, yeah, but you're right. You know, there's, this is a, another incident. You know, I've, you you got to think, like you said, Silverstone was probably his fault. Singapore was his fault with Schumacher, whoever it was. Um, there's been some more, isn't there, as well? Singapore with Bottas as well. Singapore with Bottas, yeah. Do you know what? I think he said after the race in an interview that he's sort of, you know, lost a bit of pace post-summer break. And I somewhat agree with him, you know. He was conversely beaten by Hamilton in the US. Japan, he really struggled. Singapore, he really badly struggled. Oh, I can't remember about, I can't remember Monza. Um... Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if it's because, you know, Hamilton's sort of no longer trying these experimental parts anymore. Maybe. And that's what's, you know, and now we're sort of seeing the true Lewis Hamilton and he's just a different breed compared to Russell. I mean, Russell's amazing, but he's not Lewis Hamilton. He's maybe yeah. not quite yet at that level, especially of consistency. Um, maybe it is just that. Maybe we were just also blown away by him at the start of the year that these results... Uh, maybe we just set too high of an expectation, but um, made a lot of mistakes recently. And um, like you said, yeah, when he tries to pin that on Carlos Sainz, I mean, Sainz maybe shouldn't have cut back so aggressively. I think he was purely focused on trying to get back ahead of Verstappen after the start. Um, but, you know, Russell locked up and plowed yeah. into him. So it is, is his fault. Five seconds is probably fairly lenient. It could have been 10. Yeah, I thought that was too generous, to be honest. But, but there you go. Yeah, he's been struggling recently. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot better than I thought he'd do this year. I'll give Russell credit, but I think this race was a very, very good example of no matter how old you are, the best drivers are still the best drivers. Alonso, Max, Seb, and Lewis all had incredible races, and you would have mm. to say they're probably the four greatest drivers in Formula One at the moment. I don't know 
if that's a wrong uh, statement. Max. Did you say Max? I said Max, yeah, yeah. Oh. I think I, th- no, I think Charles there. I'd say... Oh, he's like, not, I was, surely he's not on the level of like Lewis or... He's Fernando not on the level... I would... I would... I mean, maybe this is like a future podcast idea, but we have like a tier list. I think like your top bracket drivers currently are Max and Lewis. They're yeah. your... They're your you know, your level ones. And then maybe the tier below that, I would put Charles, Fernando. I don't know if, I, if I'd put Russell there yet. Mm, I think no, maybe I think him, him and Lando, maybe the tier below. But then if you Obviously, put Charles in it, do you have to put Perez in it? Because of how close they are in the championship, it's like... Ah. Oh, but that, that Red Bull was a lot better than that Ferrari. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot better. I'd and also when you be look... tempted to bump Fernando up to the top yeah one. no Fernando is brilliant I I'd, mean, I'd personally put Nick Devereen level one but of course you, you would know, Dan, we, we can't all have our way so no. I know you put Bottas there yeah well of course but that's not bias that's just true um, <laughs> finally for Red Bull uh, Perez fourth Verstappen first yet another win for Max fought back well uh, constructed championship on a weekend uh, where they were celebrating the life of Dietrich Masters Ma- no. hmm. I got that's that very wrong say, isn't it yeah, Dietrich Massashich or something like that. I can't say it. Yeah, it's it does sound fairly fairly good. Um, yeah, no, uh, very fitting for a ball to win it on such an emotional weekend for them. Perez, I think, shout out to him, done really really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. had the grid penalty, came out through the field, had damage, uh, managed to get up to P four ahead of Russell, and he was sort of reeling in Charles towards the end. So fair play to Perez and Max. You know, he's just inevitable nowadays. He, he even with a botched pit stop. You know, there's been a, f- a few times this year where I forgot I didn't mention that. Yeah, even Max has made a mistake, or Red Bull made a mistake, and because the cars are so good, or Ferrari do something wrong, they bring it back. I'm thinking Hungary spun, Spain he went off. Um, obviously, this weekend with a pit stop, but it just feels like wherever he is on on the grid or wherever he ends up being mid-race he's always got a chance to win him, no matter how far down the order he is yeah. um, and like even though there was the botch pit stop I always thought you know Verstappen's still the favourite to win this I don't know I mean I've been thinking about this sort of you know overnight do you think maybe Merck should have gone to the mediums because they were good enough to get to the end do you think that would have let Hamilton stay in front I don't know I feel like Merck must have seen the data and thought yeah. the mediums wouldn't have worked for them. Like, they wouldn't have just put him on hards for the sake of it. But yeah, hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing. Like, who knows? Because there was sort of, like, the, those first few laps, he was well, both... Like, even though Charles and Max were fighting, they were still ruling him in. So I, I thought, oh, maybe if Charles holds up Max for a bit and, like, they're fighting, they're going to lose a lot of time and take, take a lot of life out of their tyres. But they just... Well, I mean, maybe Charles did, but it didn't really seem to affect Max that badly and he still was able to catch out I think it was like six laps to go in the end the, the commentator was sort of making it out like it was going to be like a last lap thing but yeah. it happened fairly early um, and Hamilton did stay within you know DRS for a while but we then, had a little battle yeah I mean it wasn't like a, a sort of classic I, I don't know I, I thought Hamilton probably could have defended it a bit sh- stronger you know like he saw like Max down the inside like at least making go around the outside he was always losing it wasn't yeah, he yeah I think mean, he was always losing it but I just wanted to see him sort of you know get his elbows out you know push him off the tracks and all that you know yeah a bit of because you know like there's still probably bad blood there especially after that happened last year mm. and, you know Lewis hasn't won a race since Saudi Arabia last season which is like donkeys years ago Mad so um, 
Yeah, I'd like him to know, maybe try a bit hard, but he seemed pretty positive, Howard, mm. um, after the race. You know, he said, I think he said it was like the most satisfactory P2 he's ever had. Yeah, I saw that. Something like that. Um, speaking with, with Pete at Bonington. So, um, time is running out for Mercedes, isn't it? They've got three races left. I can't see them being very good in Mexico. So, I think it comes down to Brazil. They are I think it's Brazil or bust. Brazil or bust, unless something crazy happens. I really um, hope he does. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I don't think there's many people out there who wouldn't want him to win at least one race this year. No, hardcore Max fans won't. But yeah, I mean, here's a question that just in case we don't do a Mexico show preview, I want to ask: If Red Bull are running one-two, does Max let Checo win it? No. Really? I I, I don't hear people say that, mate. Like. Well, obviously, if there's a championship, obviously not. But yeah, it is done. What? They're both done. It is literally... There's nothing let, to yeah, play for Yeah, but that's just such point. a hollow victory. Can Perez really celebrate being right. gifted a win? Yeah, but it's a home win. It's on the it's record. It's a home win. No, well, mate. No. Can they not, can they not like, it. accidentally mess up a pit stop for Max? Or he can accidentally uh, lock I mean, up and go straight on? And... I mean, the conspiracy theorists will be out. Yeah. If Paris wins it on merit, then fair play. But I'd you like know, that. I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Um, it's, it's always good to see a home driver win. Mm. At home. I can't honestly remember, other than Silverstone and Zandvoort, the another time where a home driver has won their home Grand Prix. Um, not uh, Leclerc. Yeah. Um, bum, 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 bum. Hmm. Seb must have won in Germany at some point. That's unconfirmed, but I think he must have won in Germany at some point. Oh, there you are. Hello. So you cut out oh, a second. Did I go? Oh, well, yeah, I kept talking the... anyway. I was just saying Seb must have won in Germany at some point. Ooh, yeah, probably. But yeah, that must be ages ago, though. Ricard- Ricardo's never won in, Aust- no, in Ricardo Australia. Won in Australia. No, Australia. Uh, yeah. Alonso in Spain, I think. Alonso like has won in Spain. Yeah, well, what mm. do you know? Um, did Rosberg win? Rosberg might have got a win somewhere in Germany. Germany, yeah, maybe, maybe. That's that's an interesting question, though. Is. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that's that's it, really. <laughs> you know, Red Bull have wrapped up both titles. Not a whole lot to play for. There's all the midfield battles, obviously. Um, there, I mean, there's only really there's obviously the Alpine McLaren P4 battle. Yeah. Top three are probably sorted, and it's going to be who comes P6. Will it be Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, Haas, or Aston Martin? Right now, it's like Aston Martin. But, you know, there's been a bit of a been a good season. I think the regulations have worked. But I think, obviously, after last season, that Titanic battle, this one was always going to struggle to meet sort of expectations. But, um, yeah. We're looking yeah forward to this though. season's been a bit, a bit crap. <laughs> basically yeah it's, I guess I think champ- championship wise yeah Cota and Silverstone are the only two races that really stand out to me as being good every other race I think has mm, been uh, Austria Austria wasn't bad the sort of Austria, that show Max Powell yeah. uh, Silverstone uh, was definitely the best race and I'm not just Saudi being pretty was biased quite good. Saudi was pretty good Saudi was alright Saudi's always alright but, um, no, but to be fair the, be- the, best, the best race on the calendar is coming up yep Abu Dhabi, so um, uh, um. yeah, should be. <laughs> no, <don't laughs> so, yeah, no, it should be. Brazil always delivers. Um, yeah, but to be fair, you know, I think that's earlier. I think 
the USA is probably one of the few modern tracks that's actually good. Mm-hmm. I can't They've modelled any... it off a lot of other tracks, haven't they? Yeah. Which I think. But I'm, I'm sort of works. trying to think of you know modern ones which are actually good. You know, I guess you got Malaysia, which is no longer around. China is pretty decent. I suppose Kota. Turkey's not really modern, is it? No, well, Turkey. I'd count Turkey if, if I'm okay. going to Malaysia. Um, well, Baku's Baku's good in its weird, its, its own weird way. Yeah. It's not really a good track, but it's good because it produces like you know, really wild races. This year was a bit rubbish, though. Yeah, yeah. I quite like but Canada. Canada's old, though. Oh yeah, true. Canada's really old. It's true. Um, so I mean, it's, yeah, like I guess sort of tracks, you know, post. Bahrain's quite good. I think that oh, yeah, actually, gives yeah, us a decent sorry, race. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Bahrain. I forgot about Bahrain. Yeah, that was a bit of slander. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't think of many other ones. I guess Austria, even though it's an old track, it's like being reprofiled. That's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am traditional and boring. I just really like Silverstone. But yeah, but you know what? I I think as a track, do you know what? Right? I think in F1. What is that? Sorry. In F1, totally angry. Um, in F1, there is a big five races which I think need to be protected. And then around that, they can do what they want. Not as do they want, because I think, you know, the certain tracks that should be there. Go on, go on, you guess my big five. Silverstone, Monaco. Yeah. This is Silverstone, like four... Silverstone, Monaco, Monza, Spa. What else could you... The, 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 these are the grand slams. Silverstone, Monaco, Monza, Spa... Then whatever your home race is. Wait, sorry, um... six. There's six. There's six. Oh. I thought when I went Mr. Bidet's been there's six fundamental. Are those four in it? Yeah, Silverstone, Monaco, yeah. Monza, Spa. Silverstone, Monaco, Monza, Spa. Two more. Well, I was going to say like a German, like Hockenheim, but that's not actually on the calendar. Um, I don't know what else. Oh, Brazil. I'm guessing you've included Brazil. in there. Yeah, definitely Brazil. One I more. really don't know what else you could have included in there, though. Maybe Cota? I don't, I, I don't uh... know what your six would be. Suzuka. Oh, of course. Gotta have yeah. Suzuka, man. Yeah, I can to agree. To be fair, with that. Germany, Germany's a good shout. I think there needs to be a German race on the calendar. I did Hockenheim. I'm a big fan of Hockenheim as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess looking at it, it's kind of sad now. We have got Las Vegas next year. Miami this year was pretty pretty dry. I'm sad but, for Ricardo um, that he misses Vegas. Yeah, mate. Honestly, you've seen that thing when they sort of announce it, and he's so excited. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. heartbreaking. And now he's having to walk down the strip rather than drive down the strip. It's like a, but, um, a kid waking up on Christmas and realizes it's his brother's present and not him that he likes the look of. Yep, and he's just got a pair of odd socks. Yeah, well, haven't we all at some point? Yeah. Um, Lynx, Lynx Africa sets. Lynx Africa sets. You can't beat them. Tub of yeah. quality street and a Lynx Africa set. What more can you possibly want? Yep, yeah, other sweets and uh, deodorants are available. Yeah, well saved. Um. Anything else you want to mention before we finish? Um, I think I said it there, you know. Kota, I like it. It looked really good. It looked like a really good spectacle to be yeah. at. You know, it's crazy to see how big F1's become in America. Obviously, mm. few races next year, but you know, there's so many fans there. Every time they cut, I mean, it does annoy me when they cut to fan shots, you know, when Verstappen's hunting down Hamilton. Yeah. Just show, you can show the after race, show it before the race, show it when it's not happening. But when there's a battle for the lead, please do not show Americans getting Verstappen's name wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my thing. Good to see so many people, passionate people. Mexico's probably going to eclipse that, especially with that stadium section within the lap. And Checo being there as well, having an actual Mexican driver. That's going to be mm. a very good spectacle. Probably not the best racetrack. No. Mexico. Um, 
I feel like it should be because it's got lots of long straights. Yeah, but it's got it's probably got the worst series of sweepers I've ever seen in. I think the stadium section, as good as it is, ruins the track. It's terrible. Honestly, it's all and the the sad thing is that they could easily just remake that because it's so easily. It's just tarmac. It isn't. It's not used for anything else throughout the year. Like it used to be baseball, right? I I think they use it for other motorsport events, but I'm 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 not Formula E there. It's used. For yeah. motorsport or motorsport yeah. only, it's not like okay, so they could easily reprogram. Yeah, because I'm sure when I watch Formula E, the Formula E don't race on the same lap as Formula One. They change, they reprofile the stadium yeah, section, and they can easily make right. it better. It's just sort of very uh, bit Mickey Mousey, you know. Mm. Make it better, and it could be it could be a good race. But I think Mexico's only sort of there because Perez is on the grid. The same yeah. way I think the, the, the same way I think Zandvoort's only there because Max is on the grid. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be no, no appetite Mexico for the Grand Prix. Was, Mexico, I think, will stay even if Perez leaves. Because when Perez was in Force India, was there really that much desire to have yeah, a Mexican Grand Prix? It's like because he's Perez. He's Perez. Yeah, um, true. But I, don't I still know. feel like it's an iconic circuit. I don't like, hate it. I enjoy going there. I think yeah. you know fans are crazy, and like, it's really unique, and it's really, I guess, cool to see F one go to a place like Mexico. But. I don't, I don't know sort of about the commercial side of it, but I just think if if Pez was, was to retire next season, it'd be gone by like twenty twenty eight. Maybe that's my that's my closing thought. Then the only other thing that I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention: um, celebrities on the grid are again a talking point in America. Oh, yeah, true. What, what are your thoughts? Because I I am kind of of the opinion that if you get a pass to be on the grid. You have to be open to be doing interviews because people mm-hmm. that are diehard F1 fans have been an F1 fan since birth. That is like their dream. They would pay money if they have it. They would, you know, they'd do whatever to be in your position. The least you can do is give an interview to Martin Brundle or Chris Medland or whoever's on the grid. I just think it's, it's disrespectful of the culture, isn't it? Because yeah. they're expected, you know, it's, it's just part of one the grid walk is that you talk to celebrities, you talk to. Mm. Uh, I think, mate, for one race, they should just trial it where they just put Formula One fans on the grid, yeah, and just have Brundle chat to them because they're they're passionate. They're gonna know what's going on. It's also a celebrity, and they're just happy. Oh, I'm happy to be here. They'd appreciate but, it so much more as well. Yeah, they all know how my... much of a legend Martin Brundle is. Yeah, shout out to my brand. Uh, mm. I mean, I guess you know there is some iconic moments where Brundle's really awkward around really famous yeah, people, yeah. but um, why not give like the actual fans are going because like you said that that will make their life but mm. for a, like just a singer or a rapper or something like that are they going to care I mean it's cool but you know for them about Instagram for the fans it's a dream come true so why not just do that and yeah. have Brundle interview them have them talk you know have them express their passion for Formula 1 yeah. rather than just you know a couple of robots I mean Ed Sheeran gave an interview to Martin Brundle's fair enough but like for someone like Brad Pitt in five years time he would have probably mm. forgotten that or, he'd been on the grid and forgotten about that day. An F1 fan is never forgetting that. What are you going to say? I, ha- I have a genius idea. If you're going to go on the grid, you have to sit a mandatory test before. If you <laughs> test, you're not allowed on the grid. Let <laughs> me driving test. Who won yeah, the championship you, in 2006? You just have to pass. It was Alonso. Uh, was. You just have to pass. <laughs> I wasn't I actually know, asking, like, but... Like five, like five, six questions. Um, I don't know. Like, and then it would be that hard. Just, what's the first corner... At oh, Spa called, you know, 
Something that F1 fan would know. Do I know that? I don't know that. Oh, Dan. Dan, you, you can look at me sheep now. Got Rouge ready on the con. One before that. I don't know what the first one's called. The hairpin. That's yeah, horse. Well, oh, is that what? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know. Um, oh, no, I can tell you every Silverstone corner, <laughs> but not Spa. I mean, I was going to say, what's Silverstone called? But I thought, was that too easy? So I thought, no, let me go Spa. Yeah, well, you made me look a bit stupid Yeah, now. sorry, sorry. Well, they, there you go. You're, you're, you cannot go on the grid, Dan. I wouldn't have passed. I wouldn't, wouldn't have passed. passed. You are in the same bracket as, who was that rapper? Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion, yeah. Wow. That's an go. interesting Dan comparison Dan that I never Stallion. thought I would experience. <laughs> <laughs> never thought would, I'd be compared to. But, you know, if I had if I had half her money, I'd be delighted. Maybe you got to start a rap career. Uh, and then that's how you get on the no, grid. No, no one deserves to be punished like that. Uh, you never, never know. There's some pretty poor rappers out there nowadays who are fairly successful. That could be how you meet Valtteri Bottas through music. Yeah, I'd write some Finnish rap about like porridge or something. Yeah, or uh, bathing naked in a, in a in a river. There you go. Yeah, I might be arrested, but we'll see. Um, all right. Anyway, I think we should end this podcast. It's getting a bit strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on and chatting. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, guys, so much for listening. Give us five stars, Spotify, iTunes, all that lovely stuff. We'll be back soon. There's another race next weekend. Just three three to go. This season's flown by, even though it's not been particularly interesting. But, yeah. Cool. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. (laughs)